Hi everyone, my name is Brian Tamburino. And I'm Cassandra Schull. Together as members of Fuel, we bring you FuelCast, the only young professionals podcast in Connecticut. It's brought to you by the local networking group Fuel and the Greater Valley Chamber of Commerce. This is part two of the interview with Lonnie Limas and Swobo Richards, the founders of Service After Service. I want to ask you about your book, co-written. What is the title? What, what, are you, what is it about? So Cerebral Leadership is the title. Um, it's about just uh, a different way to look at how we approach leadership, right? Um, a lot of times we reflect back on the past and say, oh, that worked before. Let's try exactly the same thing now. And instead, we're saying this, we, can, we can study what happened before, but acknowledge that the variables may have changed. Hmm. And so let's just, rather than superimposing that onto the future or in the present, let's just take the key learnings from there, the key principles from there and apply to the variables we have today. Interesting. So you got this looking at the variables and not just superimposing the past. Onto adaptation. The yes, adaptation, yeah. right? And then understanding, we tie some Myers-Briggs into there, right? Understanding okay. your, your, us and the people you're working with and what how they communicate. What are your personality types? Go ahead. I'm an ESTJ, so I am extrovert, sensing, thinking, and judging. Huh. I'm ENTP, right? So oh. more intuitive and then more perceiving. Uh, and uh, there's just stark differences. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember what the N stands for, but I'm also ENTP. So ENTP, yeah. So I, I used to, when I was at Supercy, I, I did a program management academy. And I always brought this session in where we did the personality tests and exercises because program managers, like many roles, you don't really own anybody. Like nobody reports to you. You don't you don't have any direct reports. So how do you motivate people to move people? How do you talk to them in a way that makes sense? And so it is really important to understand that because you may receive information completely different from how you receive information. So there's one exercise that Bobo and I did, and he didn't realize I was doing it on him. This is in the book? <laughs> so, what did he capture this in the book? What did they capture But I, um, I took this picture and I asked them, hey, because I was preparing for one of those sessions, and so I, and I wanted to see how it worked on us first. And so I asked them, I said, hey, what do you, tell, what do you see in this picture? And I wish I could draw this picture for you. Draw it. Um, so for those of you on the airwaves, I'm drawing squiggly lines. Like, literally squiggly lines. There's some color. Abstract. And so I show him this picture and he looks at it and he says, there's a man. He's walking across the river he is getting food for his wife. He has a whole lot of story about this man and what he was doing. And I just busted out laughing because I'm like, that is super funny because I see lines, blue, red. <laughs> and the point is, we receive information differently. 
And so when you know that and when you start to really think about what it is, what your personality type is, how you receive information, how you make decisions, then now you can work better with your team, with your boss. You know what motivates mm. them when you have a, a introvert versus extrovert. How do they get their energy? That person that never goes to the happy hour, they, it may not be that they don't like you. They're tired and mm. they get their energy when they go home and they have recharge. Right. They yeah. have a glass of wine by themselves and you may be an extrovert and you get your energy when you're out at happy hour. And so now when you're back in the workplace and you're thinking, yeah, they're antisocial. They don't like us. They're this, they're that. What? You know, it's it's a misconception because you didn't take the time to understand the personality types. And so when you, you look at the different letters and what they mean, you can start to navigate your team and really start to see more effective results out of your team because you know how to present information. Yeah. If you have somebody that's a, <clears throat> a feeler, for example, um, if they're an F versus a um, T, then maybe when you're presenting an idea to them, you want to cater to their emotions saying, oh, you know, the, the community will be affected in this way. The, the children will be, you know, maybe you speak to that side of it. When you're going to go to a tea and you're presenting information, you say, hey, well, this is what the data is. You're going to have, you know, X percentage increase of fill in the blank. And the thinker is going to get, get it. But if I'm an F and I'm trying to go to a T and I'm trying to tell them about all of the ways people are going to be happy, I don't care. Mm -hmm. I don't care who's going to be happy. Give me numbers. Give me data. How do I look at this, these facts? And so now you can be more strategic. And so that's what I've taught. And so we talk about um, the just Myers-Briggs types in the in the book a little bit. And it's, it's not a, a large book. It's meant to be more like a handbook. Yeah, um, I, got, I always, we, we read a lot already, and it always gets me how we'll have a book, it'll be like 400 pages. <laughs> and, and, and we'll read it, and then there'll be like three key principles in there that was in like the first two chapters. Wow. And everything else is just a filler for the editors, right? I guess, I, I don't know, right? So, yeah. so we were like, yeah. we're like, we want to get straight to the point without, 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 but we want to get straight to the point. This is what you need, and we'll cover the key principles that's in our mind, the key things we're thinking, trying to deliver. Um, because, because I think the the back end is where hey, you know, ping us and then we'll have more in depth conversation or we go and talk on programs. You can talk more about you know in depth. Hey, this is kind of the message we're sending, huh. right? That communication piece. Um, I did a I had a group once. I was training leadership group uh, down in Augusta, and um, I already knew their personality types and had them take Myers Briggs, so I separated the. The S's from the N's, right? And the S's the sensors. The seeking sack that she was back lying describing. So I took a little bottle of honey, and I said, "I want you guys to just write down your papers and describe this for me." So I'm rolling around, you know, flipping it upside down. The honey's moving, and I gave them about five minutes to do that. Everyone took their notes, and then I said, "Okay, now tell me what you've written, right?" And the S's were like, "That's honey. It's sweet." It's, it's gold, right? <laughs> you know, and they were very specific as to what they saw, right? They talk about the label, right? It's, this company makes it. The ends were like, oh man, you can use that to be, to be you can use this glue, 
right? I'm thinking about bees. Right? <laughs> and, and, and I'm an ant, so I was agreeing with them. I was like, yeah, hey, bees, right? Flowers, right? And then I, I and then you're like distracted. Yeah, I'm a strong ant, <laughs> so I'm thinking like, you know, man, you know, Einstein, this is all the bees would have died, the entire world would die too, right? And so I'm all the way to the world, you know, and 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 then and here we just started like going back and forth, the two groups, because both leaders in the organization. I was like, what are you talking about, right? <laughs> and I was like, guys, think about this. If you and S and you come down to the shop floor. And you and you come to deliver any kind of instruction, or you're trying to deliver the mission for the day or the objective for the day, and you speak to the end, they can extrapolate something totally different from there. And you're like, this guy is completely disruptive. <laughs> he's not disruptive. Yeah. Right? And and that 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 level of understanding how to run an effective team and run an effective organization is important. You know, when you're talking about leading people, you have to understand that that messaging is being received and interpreted differently. You know, I think that's so interesting. I was actually going to ask a question, but I think you just covered it uh, unintentionally. Uh, I wanted to know how the training, how, how the principles of your book, which I I would assume some of them come from the military training. Right. How does all of that affect uh, a young professional? What can they apply? And that was a great example. Right. Knowing your personality type, moving forward with it learning how to lead a team, especially at this age or this level of uh, education or at this level of experience in the corporate or any environment, right? Um, it's probably getting to the point for many of the people that are listening where they're starting to manage teams. That's a great example yeah. of how to yeah. better manage them, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you can trick them. I'm, yeah, bring, yeah. I'm bringing honey to the field that. meeting tonight. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, if you're leading a team, you can... Sometimes you may have a boss that only will do something if the idea is theirs. So how do I make them think that this idea is theirs? And so you can now present information in a way that your boss will understand and kind of cling on to because if you think about it, and, and you don't have to force somebody to take a virus Briggs, you can look at the way they interact at work, you can ask them something simple and see what their response is. So maybe you do take a, a pencil and just ask somebody to describe it. So like you could do little quick exercises where people don't have to actually take a whole Myers-Briggs test, which it doesn't take very long. Oh, yeah, 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, but if you don't, if you don't have time for that, you can just bring a honey bear and just see how people describe it. And then you can see, start to see portions of their personality come out. And so you can start to move your boss in ways that you need them to move in order to get your goal done. Yeah. Strategic. Yeah. yeah it's strategic very strategic. Thinking. It's very strategic. I'm going to do a pop session for when um, power of personalities um, in July and so we'll do some of those exercises and it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, in May, I'm going to do another pop session with the professional women's group of Dress for Success, which is a part of Workplace. Um, but I, I love doing those sessions because they're just... It, it is so funny to watch the frustration in the room. Yeah, another thing, too, that we, we, we talked about, um, not in you know, again, we give you the highlights in the workbook, right? Um, it's, and this is directly from our military, kind of how we view things we pull from the military. Um, we, we practice like we want to perform, right? And we came to the corporate sector 
it was like, we're training you in this little bubble over here. And then when we say you're trained, then we just drop you into the, the madness, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Right? It's less, it's no practicing the way we want to perform. Everyone's too busy to actually practice how things are supposed to run. Mm. And I feel like if you really want to excel, you look at high-functioning teams, the SEALs, SEAL teams, right? The Rangers, anyone in the military now, any of those high-tempo, high-execution teams, they will they have a cadence. They have a, they have a pra- practice that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother's uh, in med school now. Finish my sister's all the way, but and, and we're talking. He was talking about codes in the in the hospital. Right? He's like, when the when the ambulance calls, that we have this we have this person going this with this with this problem. We bring him to the hospital. He's like, there was he's the doctor was standing like, I'm going to run this code. That code tells everyone their roles, so they know he's going to do this, the nurse is going to do this, the anesthesiologist would do this. Everyone knows what the other person's doing, so it's not. It may look like on TV is super chaotic to get this, <laughs> but they all know each other's exactly. roles and what's happening. Yeah. In the corporate structure and business, we don't we tend to just be away from that and we're always firefighting versus pausing and saying, guys, how do we want to play this game? How do we want to practice for for the for, for go lives? Mm. Right? How do I was gonna say, um, no, I think that's great. Um, do you find in your years of experience working with like corporate companies or organizations, the the switch from, uh, this is something I'm always curious um, about, is the switch from like a non-digital to more digital and how that's affected the workplace. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. That's how I've had some funny conversations with that. It's, um, and, and, and rightfully so, you know, individuals, um, I give you, so the, the example I have is working for uh, pharmaceuticals, you have, uh, you have to document everything you do with the drug, right? And I come. I'd rather just have everything digital. I'd rather have things in my on my hand, my hand on a tablet, on the phone. And as I do it, I could just you know e-sign it and keep moving and manufacturing this drug or this product or this vaccine. Uh, some of the more legacy and seasoned employees, right? They <laughs> want the eight hundred page document. You know that page to get ripped, things to spill on there. They want to carry that around. And uh, I, I know I was uh, in, I was kind of leading the charge to go more digital, and there was a lot of uh, contentious uh, meetings. Of, you know, are you trying to destroy the company? You know, I'm like, no, I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to. I'm trying to free up this building we have in the back of us, full of documents that we have to retain for the next ten years. Yeah, scan it, put it in the cloud. You know. And so there's, 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 they do have that, but I think companies are moving along now faster because the uh, because we have a, a large number of individuals retiring, mm. and we have a lot of millennials and younger people coming into the workplace now, and they're like, we have to adapt in order to retain these assets, you know. And so you see a lot of those questions being raised to the surface now to go digital. Yeah, and how? So I've seen this um, just with individuals that I know. Um, maybe sort of the workforce who's, who's kind of in the, maybe the 45 to 60, who maybe not as lit, like computer literate. Um, and you know, they struggle and they want the paper because they know if they're on a computer, it's going to take them an hour to do it. But if they have the 800 page document, they might be able to just get it done in, you know, a much quicker process. I mean, have you run into that? Um, and do you work with individuals, whether it's, you know, veterans who maybe are just in a completely different you know, working space or my my EA. Her name is Shauna. She's a army veteran, 
So even though I'm Navy and she's Army, I do still love her. <laughs> um, so and she she came to us through Maturity Works, and so they're a staffing agency, um, a part of the workplace. I, I love the workplace, by the way. Um, we also we gotten interns from Youth Works um, from the workplace as well, and. It, and actually, on both sides of the spectrum, Maturity Works is for the the 55 and older mature crowd who are looking to kind of reacclimate and get back into the, um, the the workplace. And so they may have some skills that need to be redeveloped. And um, Youth Works there for uh, 16 to 24, I think it is. Um, and if you're in that program, you didn't get a high school degree. And so a lot of them are working towards that through like Valley Regional Adult Education or other um, degree programs. And so on both sides of the spectrum, we have seen where the computer skills are not the strongest. And so in with service at the service, we're all also about developing people. Um, and we, we want our people to learn something when they're with us that they can take away and use forever. Mm. And, you know, that, that it's just the whole concept of when you, when you learn it here, nobody can take that away. I and so that is what we want to make sure that we're giving to all of anybody who comes in contact with us really. Um, but especially our employees, interns or whoever. And so we have been, we'll help them with, um, get onto Linda courses where they have like a, a path, a learning path for whatever the role is that they're working with us um, for. Uh, and, and then we started to bring in Tom, um, uh, speak software is the name of him. Oh company. yes, yeah. And so he's done. He's done Microsoft training um, with with Shauna. Um, he's done a few sessions with her already. And so you know, it, it's important to help them to develop that skill. And so you know, now on the other side, on the corporate side, when I was. When I was at Sikorsky, I did see um, older employees that were not necessarily very proficient on the computer. There was the yeah. typing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and but, you know, they, they it's almost like at this point, they're not going to learn how to type. And that's fine. They're just making it work. And it wasn't something that was a barrier that I could see for them to actually get the work done, but you definitely, you see like a staunch difference in the, the more mature crowd and the, the crowd that grew up on the computers. I mean, the kids now, they have computers in kindergarten classrooms with these adorably small chairs. Don't get me started. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm not a fan of it. Chromebooks start in third grade where we are. Yes, every kid gets one. Every, yes, the Chromebooks in schools. And so times are changing. And our 
youth are growing up in a world that we didn't even grow up in. We didn't grow up on the computers at that age. And so times are changing and corporate America will look completely different by the time our kids are in it. I'm really excited to for the future studies, uh, really the results that they're gathering information from now just will reflect all of the impact that this is having right on us mentally, habitually, um, psychologically, really. Everyone will be wearing glasses. Yeah. <laughs> my doctor Absolutely. did say, my eye doctor did say that he, you know, he was surprised when I took my son to the eye doctor. He's like, he has such good eyesight. He's like, you don't see that in six year olds anymore. And I was like, why? I was like, why? I was like, that was mind boggling to me. And he's like, it's because every kid is just staring at screens all day. And I was like, okay. I was like, well, I don't let him on the screens like almost ever. I was like, he's on the computer more at school than he is at home mm-hmm. or in front of screens. So I just thought that was so interesting. I think that's indicative of, you know, another thing that another philosophy, uh, I'll say that we, that we tend to practice is that we teach, uh, we more focus on problem solving. Right. What, what I mean by that is uh, empowering individuals with the skill set to problem solve uh, rather than saying this is how it is. Um, because um, there's a really cool TED talk, talk um, uh, Sir Ken Robinson, I think it is. He's a super popular TED talk. And he talks about he, he talks about a lot of things, but he has a story. He says a young girl's in class and she's and teacher says everyone should draw. And so the, the young girl is writing, drawing, and teacher's walking around, looking at everyone's drawing. And she's like, teacher's like, what are you drawing? And she's like, I'm drawing God, right? And teacher's like, no one knows what God looks like. Draw something different. Right? And the girl's like, well, when I'm done, everyone will know what he looks uh-huh. like, right? <laughs> and, that, and he was like, that, that to him, he's like, that story always, and to me, I, 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 I agree with him. The future is so unknown that we're trying to engineer kids to prepare for a future that we know what it will look like. Yeah. But we know problems will exist in the future. So it's best to just say, hey, how do you solve problems effectively? How do you condition your mind to solve problems? Because those problems in the future, you have to be adaptive to solving those versus you must learn these math, you must learn this English, you must learn, right? Those are, you should learn those things, yes. Yeah, but solving problems it will be the, the keys to the future, right? The keys now. You can solve a problem now, you're in high demand. So we want to we, we try to teach and empower more of how do you solve a problem, how do you solve problems in your in your life versus you know this is the answer we have the answers for you because we, we don't. <laughs> I love that, and I think that there's definitely a lot of value in that. And individuals who are you know obviously as you know coming out of service, they need that extra support in terms of. You've been told for so long when to eat and yes. sleep mm-hmm. and, you know, do everything, <laughs> what to wear. And then you just, you have the choice and it's really like, what do I want with my life? Right, right. Problem solving. I saw an article yesterday um, that Elon Musk has uh, committed in the next however many months. Um, he will release version one of some type of artificial intelligence that will connect to the human brain, which is like terrible. I can't believe that this happened, right? Yeah. Pro- imagine problem solving more connected to Google. Simple. I don't even have to pick up my phone anymore. It just comes to my mind. I'm a genius. I, I, listen, I will invest in that. I don't care how much it costs. I'll pawn my house. That's an NP talking, right? right. 
All right. Thank you all for listening in. Uh, we hope you tune in next time for more fun and insightful interviews with a host of established guests. Uh, please subscribe to our show and find out more about Fuel at FuelTheValley.com and uh, check out our Facebook page. Thank you again to our sponsors, Circuit Breaker Sales, New England, Peralta Design, People's United Bank, Gary's East Coast Service um, for sponsoring Fuel the Young Professionals, as well as our membership incentives. Um, thank you to the Greater Valley Chamber of Commerce for helping get this group started um, with everything that we do, specifically our podcast as well that we are up and starting. Um, for those of you looking to get more involved with Fuel, um, or hear more from speakers like Dr. Monaco. You can learn more about Fuel at FuelTheValley.com. Follow us on our social media sites and find us at some of our upcoming events. This podcast was produced in cooperation with Running Brook Productions, LLC. The opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the opinions of the staff, management, sponsors, or the Greater Valley Chamber of Commerce. 